You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, so Matt, I told Michael today that I saw a deer on the way to work this morning. And he's like, "What? how do you know it was on the way to work? Because of the little briefcase it was carrying. (laughs) It had a tie and a briefcase. (laughs) Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> all right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, man, I'm all right. Good deal. Good deal. So before we get into it, just say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with, and you can find some tips and tricks on podcasting if you're interested in doing that. So go over there and check out podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Care Of, who we will talk more about coming up in the episode. When this episode drops, it is officially two weeks from the deadline for your listener stories. So if you're listening to this and you have not already sent in a listener story and you want to, please go ahead and send it in. Send it with the subject of listener stories or Christmas episode, holiday episode, whatever, just so that we know how to catalog it so that we can then collate all the stories and get them into an episode for you guys and be able to record it and get it up on Christmas. Yeah. So if, if you, if you haven't been a part of this before, um, we celebrate the Victorian tradition of telling ghost stories around the Christmas Eve fire. Um, so we want all those those weird experiences, those crazy stories, that thing your grandfather told you lived out in the woods. We want to hear them. So send them on in. Um, we're, we're getting, we're they're, they're, it's, it's speeding up. We're getting more, we're getting more, you know, just try to get them in by the end of this month. So we have time to go through them and get them laid out. So. Right. Right. So Matt, that's all I've got for housekeeping. So why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight, brother? So tonight we're going to look at another haunted hospital and this one is in Tennessee, just like the original haunted hospital we did, <laughs> right. the old South Pittsburgh hospital. Um, and, and there's a lot of similarities there. Um, but this one is, is the old Harriman hospital in Harriman, Tennessee, which is, um, which is a part it's in East Tennessee. It's just, uh, just this side of Knoxville. Yep. So Roan County. Yeah, Roan County. Um, so I've I've been up there, spent some time up that way. Um but this is uh this place is is uniquely active and 
you know, during the research, I heard one, one investigator say this, and I thought, man, he is so dead on. He said, hospitals are uniquely haunted. Mm-hmm. And, and he's right, because it, it's never just one thing. Right. It, it, it's, it's always this odd conglomeration of hauntings. And you get stone tape, you get intelligent hauntings, you get entities, and you know you get all of those things all jammed into one building. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a, a playground for a paranormal investigator. Well, and if you think about it, it it's because every aspect of life can and does happen at a hospital. That's right. Birth, death, sadness happiness, pain, illness, recovery, it all happens at hospitals. So at at one point in time or another, that paranormal sludge we talk about in one way or another gets put on the walls of that hospital. It's exactly right. And so it just, it lends itself to um, holding on to an energy that would bring spirits in or at least hold them there for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the Harriman hospital is, is quite old and it hasn't been a functioning hospital in about 10 years. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's been empty, but, um, hopefully we're going to see more come out of this place. Um, but you know, just like we always say, you, you got to look at the history. You got to look at where we started to see how we got to where we are. So, uh, Adam, tell us a little bit about the old Harriman Hospital. All right. So, as we always say, go check our sources down in the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found the information, and you can keep researching it if you're so inclined. This hospital is located at 401, no- 401 North Roan Street in Harriman, Tennessee, in Roan County. Now, the first ever open house at Harriman General Hospital was July 23rd, 1939, and it had over a thousand guests in attendance. It's a large two-story brick building, and lining the downstairs hall are the offices, emergency room, doctor's uh, doctor's lounging quarters, and bath and utility rooms, and together with the dining room, nurses showers, and the superintendent's quarters, It makes up this whole downstairs. And on the right end of the building, uh, upstairs, is the surgical department with minor and major operating rooms with adjoining rooms for surgical and linen sterilization. And patients' rooms were also located on the second floor. So you've got all the administration stuff downstairs. You've got the OR up top, the, the couple ORs up top, and then the patient rooms up top as well. So as we talk about hauntings and their locations, keep that in mind. Now, as the community around the hospital began to grow, they realized that they needed to expand the hospital. You know, it, it, you got a growing town. Your hospital needs to grow with it to be able to accommodate the sick and injured. So just a couple years after they built it, they began to add on to the hospital. They added a new surgical wing complete with x-ray, surgical lounge, and sterilization rooms and offices. Now, they a little interesting tidbit that you may not know. Uh, Matt, you probably know this, but listening at home, you may not know. 
they added green tiles to the operating room. And the reason they did that was to help the surgeons gain what they call a few vital seconds as their eyes adjust when they look away from the patient to the walls. So if it were bright white, it would take longer for their eyes to adjust. So if you think about, like, I'm looking into a light right now. I've got a a light in front of me so that you can see my beautiful face. (laughs) Well, if I'm looking at it and then I go to look down at the map that's on my desk, it takes a second for my eyes to adjust to be able to see the darker map. It's the same way if you were performing surgery, if you were looking up, say, at the other surgeon there or the nurse, your eyes would be flooding with light from the bright white walls. And then you would look down and it would take a minute for your eyes to adjust to keep performing the surgery. If it's darker, there's not going to be that reflection. So you won't have that adjustment time. And the theory is that it will save you some seconds and hopefully get the patient off the table quicker. Well, the hospital began at 275 linear feet to stretching a whole city block by the 70s. So that is big growth for from the 40s, basically, 1939, to the 70s. It grew from 275 feet to a whole city block. It grew not only in size, but technology also became apparent at the hospital. Newly added ICU, maternity ward, and day surgery allowed for the hospital to diagnose and treat more illnesses accurately and correctly. Now, this is from the old historic Harriman Hospital documents. It talks about the land that the hospital was built on. And Matt and I have talked many times about the land playing a big role in a building's haunted status. And we even talked with Scott and Forrest on our live show about that. So it's important to look at the land when we can get information about the land to know maybe what happened there before that might be contributing to some of the hauntings. So situated at the junction of Tennessee Clinch and Emory Rivers, a location vital to both white settlers and Native Americans in the early years of Tennessee state history, and settlers gained control of the area through three treaties with the Cherokee Indians and later the Hiwassee Purchase. Harriman was founded as a temperance town in 1889 by temperance movement activists led by New York-born minister and plant manager Frederick Gates, seeking a land venture that could attract industrial and economic development while avoiding the vice-driven pitfalls of late 19th century company towns. Gates and fellow prohibitionists chartered the East Tennessee Land Company in May 1889. The property the hospital is situated on once was home to Cumberland Hotel, which burned, having casualties, First National Bank, Pitton Hotel, Tennessee Land and Trust, which went bankrupt, a general store and attorney office, Roller Rink, which was later torn down for the hospital expansion, and Harriman has had its share of tragedies with mass building fires, floods, and tornadoes, and even at one point went completely bankrupt. The whole yeah. town. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know what temperance towns were, right? <laughs> all the people that hated all the vices mm-hmm. that that were common vices. Alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking. Would, yeah, would gather up 
<laughs> make a town where none of that happened. Mm-hmm. And they made a movie version of this. It was called Footloose. <laughs> Footloose. Footloose. Whip out your big pet goose. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they're all pent up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, Harriman's a pretty cool, a pretty cool little town. Um, Nowadays. Yeah, but back, yeah, but back then, you know, it was, you know, it was tough. And I I, wouldn't want to live there in 1889. I don't know how much of it, uh, how much of the early history of the town uh, plays into the hauntings there, but there's got to be some connection. Yeah. And, And probably even further back because of the Native American population that was there. Yep. Yep. So. Sure. You know, yeah, all I mean, of those they things were, work together, you know, to, to not, and we've talked about this before, you know, you have a major haunted location in a small town. And if you look closely, you find other haunted locations, almost to the point that you begin to think, man, this whole daggum town's haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've seen that before. Yep. And the Carolinas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nevada, Tonopah. You know, yep, it's snowing, you know, the whole Eggham town. Mm-hmm. It's got something going on. Yep. Jefferson, Texas. That whole place has something going on. Yeah. So there, there's got to be something with the land. Um, let's look at Harriman, Tennessee for a second before Matt talks about the hauntings. Now, Harriman is named for Walter Harriman, a governor of New Hampshire, whose son, Walter C. Harriman, was managing director of the East Tennessee Land Company. As a colonel, then later a general in the Union Army during the Civil War, he had traveled on foot through the area with his 11th New Hampshire Regiment and camped for several days on the Emory River near the future site of the city. An elderly local later told the directors that Harriman had said that the site would be the perfect place for a town, and based on this conversation, the directors chose the name of Harriman. So, Very good. Hopefully one day we have an Adam. We've already got a Ballinger, Texas. Let's have an Adam, Texas, because I go, hey, that's a good place for a town. That's right. I'm just going to start saying that in random places that I go and see if anybody names a town after me. Um, the site of Harriman was chosen primarily for its proximity to Emory Gap, uh, where the Cincinnati Southern Railway joined the East Tennessee, Virginia, and Georgia Railway. The city platted on Christmas Day in 1889, was laid out in a grid pattern that conformed to the Emory's Oxbow Bend at the base of Walden Ridge. The block, bounded by Roan, Walden, Morgan, and Clinton Streets, were set aside for the city's public buildings. The block is now the location of the City Hall, Library, and Fire Department. Lots in the heights around Cumberland and Clinton Streets, now Cornstalk Heights, was substantially larger as it was expected that the city's wealthy and professional class residents would buy homes here. The areas along the river, Emory Street, were for mills and residential areas for skilled laborers. The initial land auction for Harriman was held in the late February of 1890 and was attended by over 4,000 prospective buyers from across the nation. Several hundred lots were sold, raising over $600,000. The most expensive lots were along Roan Street and in what is now Cornstalk Heights, most of which sold for over $2,000 a piece. 
while the lots closer to the river typically sold for less than 500 apiece. Now that would be different. Anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah. anything near water is going to be more. Yeah. Um, if, if somebody, if somebody, you know, if their septic tank overflowed into your yard, your property value is going up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's near water. Yep. Yeah, that's the way it is down here. And yep. I'm sure it is most everywhere else. But in Tennessee, for sure, you, yep. you get some property that's adjacent to some water, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. It's, you know, it goes way up. Yeah, it could be a puddle of duck piss. And they're going to go, oh, well, there's <laughs> it. You, you got body of water there. That's an extra my, hundred grand. Mop that up before the tax assessor comes by. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Your dog's drooling too much in the backyard. You're going to mop that up. Now, shortly after the initial auction, the company platted several more lots outside the city in what is now Walnut Hills and Oakview neighborhoods for the city's wage workers. Roan County has been benefiting from the reopening of the hospital here lately because um, it sat deserted for about 10 years, as Matt was alluding to, before paranormal investigator Ronnie D gave it new life as a tourist destination. So it's become popular with ghost hunting groups and tourists lately, and it opened again in March of 2022. And since then, a 200-person film crew filmed a prominent motion picture there, and PBS filmed a documentary. Travel Channel's Destination Fear filmed an episode there, and all of these have produced some good revenue for the city of Harriman, which is pretty cool. It is pretty a little cool. Town. And you know, they're... Yeah, you know, they they saved a historical building for one by doing this, and and not only have they saved it, you know, they have uh, utilized it to bring in revenue into the city. You know, that's fantastic. I mean, yep. you know, it, it's like I said, it is a playground for paranormal investigators. So let's let's look at what's going on now. I found it interesting, as Adam said. It was March of 2022 when they started this venture. So there have been several groups that have gone up there investigate and investigated. Um, you know, and, and I'll go into how you can do that and how you, you know if you've got an organization that wants to go up there and and do an investigation, how you can do that. But it's um, I told Adam. Um, Nobody's had time to write any of this stuff down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, when we when we research um, really old haunted places, old hotels, um, castles, you know, something that's that's been around for a really long time. There's a lot of people that have written articles about it that have visited there. Um, there there's a lot of written word about what happens there. Not so with this, not yet. And it's certainly not because things aren't going on. It's just there haven't been en- there hasn't been enough time. You don't walk into an active hospital and go, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a ghost hunt here. Right. right. What? Get the hell out of here. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get run over by a gurney is what's gonna happen. Standing you know? in a patient's room with yeah. beeping devices. <laughs> so so you you don't do that. And so when the hospital closed in 2013 and it was over, it just sat empty. It just sat empty with mm-hmm. all that energy. And so, you know, almost 10 years later, you know, they open it up, they begin to 
do a little restoration, put fresh coats of paint on things and, and, and really set it up for their guests who are coming in there to, to, to hunt ghosts. I mean, that's what's happening. It is one of the most active locations in, uh, in Harriman. Um, and I say that because as I mentioned at the top of the show, there are other haunted locations in Harriman. It's not just the hospital. So, but the hospital is by far the most active. Um, and the most active areas within the hospital was an area known as A3. Now, A3 served as the ICU and the cardiac care unit. Now, sometime in the 1970s, this area had a legendary nurse named Joanna. Now, when Joanna worked there, she worked long hours, but she was dedicated to the hospital. She even called it her second home. Mm. But a sudden heart attack took her life at an early age, and she promised her coworkers after death she would come back and pay visits to all to her beloved second home. But even after death, there are reports of Joanna still making her rounds and overseeing patients. It's a the the sight of a nurse standing down one of the the hallways is is very very common. Now in the early nineties. Harriman Hospital got a new addition, and it was a four-story addition that gave the hospital um, kind of a rebirth. Um, a new emergency ward was built. They had state-of-the-art operating rooms, and the patient rooms on the third floor and later the ICU and the step-down unit on the fourth floor opened up. But it was not long after the opening of this addition that people started noticing some odd things, including figures standing in the windows and hallways, kids seen walking around the area, and even items moving with no one present. Hmm. So there, there, there were stories of, of paranormal activity before the hospital actually closed. Which, we see that kind of often that's in right. hospitals. We, we've seen that too. You know, oddball things and, um, you know, weird shadows and people seeing things. So, um, it's, it's not out of the question, boy, you get all the patients and the employees out of a place and then it really perks up. Yep. Now, Christy, uh, who is a volunteer at the old Harriman hospital reports that she and another worker were alone in the building painting in one of the rooms. Suddenly, they heard a loud scream, and Christy reports that the voice they heard was obviously male, and it sounded like the person was in extreme pain. She says the scream lasted about 20 seconds. Wow. That's a long time for a scream. uh, The funny thing is, remember I told you that there isn't a lot of written accounts. Mm -hmm. They're all on video. So to research the old Harriman hospital, I, I watched people's paranormal videos, their, their ghost hunts, their, their investigations. I, I watched a bunch. Okay. Funny thing was, is I saw Christy tell this story at least twice on two different people's videos mm-hmm. about this screen. And 
she goes on to explain that she, at that time, had been a paranormal investigator for about 10 years. And that freaked her out. Yeah. I mean, that would get to anybody. I mean, the, the, just the scream itself is mm-hmm. enough. But, you know, a 20-second scream, that, I mean, you, you know, the, the, even if you knew it was coming from somebody, you'd be kind of like, hey, quit. Yeah. That's terrible. I hate it. Well, and, you know, she said it sounded like someone was in pain. Mm-hmm. There is a huge difference in a pain scream and like an anger scream. You know, I, I, or a fear scream. Yeah. 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 I think a fear or anger scream would be a lot easier to deal with than a pain scream. Cause there's something about a pain scream that I think hits your just human evolutionary senses and it makes you go, Oh no. And it starts tripping you out. Yeah. And yeah. especially if you, you don't see anybody and you hear this pain scream, you're subconsciously, you know, that someone in pain and it starts messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and, and Christy says they were, they were definitely alone, just her and this one other worker. But Christy says on another occasion, her and her friend were standing in a new section that was preparing to open when they witnessed a woman dressed as a nurse walk out of one doorway across the hall into another door said she goes on to say that this happened at about 4.30 in the afternoon and it was daylight. So hmm. not what you would expect, but but that just tells you, look, they, they, they weren't tired. It wasn't dark. Yeah. You know, they saw what they saw. And they, yep. they described it as it, it, it was a real person. It, it looked like a real person. Yeah. But of course, when they went down there, no one was there. Sure. Both Christy and her friends saw it, and after discussing it, they realized that they had definitely seen the same thing, hmm. which always adds some validity to it. You know, I always tell the story about um, a, a former house of mine and seeing the, an image of a of a little girl, and she would walk down the hall to wear a yellow dress. You know, I saw her routinely. Yeah. In this house. And and after a few years, I, I finally asked my ex-wife, I said, uh, I don't want to scare you, but do, do you ever see anything out in the hallway? And I mean, she just turned pale. And she was like, yes, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I went through, I said, what do you see? And she was like a little girl. And I was like, what's she wearing? And she's like a dress. And I was like, and what color is it? She says yellow. And that was, that was my confirmation. She was scared. Mm. I was excited. Yeah. You know, cause right. I was like, here, I've been seeing this little girl in my house for two years. Yep. And here's, confirmation. here's some confirmation. Yep. Um, that it's there now. Um, in a, in a conversation with my oldest daughter, well, my next to oldest daughter, um, she said, yeah, she, she had seen it too hmm. and never, never brought it up. Yeah. But, um, you know, for years has seen this little girl and described it to a T to me years later. Wow. So it, it's, it's really, uh, 
it's one of those things when when you see something like this, you tend to get inside your head. And mm-hmm. and for those of y'all that are listening that have ever had a real paranormal experience and seen something, not just felt it or heard it, but actually saw it, you get in your head and you begin to think, I did not really see that. Yeah. This is my mind playing tricks on me. Even even if you're someone like me or Adam and, and you really want to see it. And in fact, I think people people like like us, Adam, are we're more skeptical yeah. when something like that happens because we don't want to be wrong. We mm-hmm. don't want to get our hopes up or get overly excited about something we think we witness and it not be real. Yep. And I think that has kept me from uh being more open about things that have happened mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't want to, Oh, I, I saw this, I, I, whatever. And somebody's like, uh, well, you're supposed to be a researcher of this. Why are you saying that? It was, it was simply a trick of the light or whatever, you know? So I, I don't say as much, but on the note of getting confirmation, if you remember my old house there in Tennessee, we had that spirit that would walk across Mm -hmm. the hall. I didn't say anything to Ashley about it. And one of the first nights that she was there at the house, she said the next morning that she couldn't sleep because she saw someone walk across the hall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I didn't tell you because I didn't want to freak you out. But that's just the, the ghost that whatever. So we ended up naming it. But. I realized that when she saw it too, it wasn't just me that was maybe a light from outside was causing me to see something that wasn't there. You know, I didn't want to bring it up and just start talking about it when, you know, maybe it's nothing. And she's like, oh, well, you, you research this. So obviously you want to see something. Right. And I think you, you run that risk. Um, of fooling yourself into believing it. But when, when somebody else tells you they have seen the same thing and they can identify it and you, you're doing your best not to let on anything to, to tip them off or to sway what they're going to tell you. It, it, it makes it, it honestly makes you feel better. Yep. I mean, it didn't, it did me. Yep. It didn't me because I had seen, and, and of course, you know, I grew up with this kind of stuff. So seeing it, it, it intrigued me, but I didn't want to believe it for so long. I thought I'm just this is just my head playing tricks on me, and mm-hmm. to learn that it wasn't that was a, a relief, you know, yeah. more than anything. Um, and I know it was for for these guys that have come in there and 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 helped work on the old Harriman Hospital because they've all had experiences, but now. They, they've got some people that have also had the same experience that they can share and, and you, you have some solidarity there and right. go, we're, we're not just bilking the public out of money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not just, you know, trying to, 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 to create a, a tourist trap and, and convince everybody that something's going on. That's not you're, you just say, golly, I, I can't believe this is actually happening and we can all confirm it. Now, there's another volunteer um, who I saw an interview with. Her name was Devin, and uh, Devin reports 
having seen what appears to be an orderly at the end of the hallway on the second floor. And she says they have seen this spirit multiple times and that they always run and try to get closer, but they never quite make it. Hmm. Now, this area she's referring to is the old Jerry Psych unit, and it's it's a dead end. The, the only way out is a large emergency exit door. Yeah. And it doesn't open. So, the, you know, Not are a they good would, emergency exit. Yeah. Or they would see it, you know, and they're running down the hall after this, you know, male orderly that they see and he's gone. Yeah. You know, he's not there. But the one thing I took away from this was that both of these accounts talk about the, the, the apparition being much, much more than just a, an ethereal image. You know, it's, it's solid enough that it could be mistaken as a per, for a person, for an actual living person. That's what I was about to say is it seems like there are much more occurrences of solid apparitions here mm-hmm. than we've heard about in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Most places you, you get wispy, you get transparent, you get a blob, you know, some amorphous something that kind of looks like a a human kind of but here it sounds like they are solid figures of this this is a person so it's almost like time slip esque mm-hmm. yeah rather than paranormal where it's like you're actually seeing into another time of this person doing their job. Yeah, like it's folded on top of itself. Right, right. And that that's an interesting theory, and, and I've got one, too. Um, so, so, you know, somebody sees something at their house or, or, you know, at an old battlefield, and it is that ethereal, misty, ghost-like appearance. Mm-hmm. My my curiosity says, if that spirit had more energy to pull from, would it look more solid? Yeah, probably. So, so if we're thinking, it's not a matter of, well, this spirit is just that, and this one is more solid. This one is more, you know, a theory, you can barely make out a face. This one, you can tell what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always thought, well, if, if this very gassy one had more energy would it look like the other one and in the case of this hospital with all this energy stored up there is it able to produce these apparitions with all that energy that appear to be you know fully formed yeah you could be right because we know spirits like to drain energy to be able to manifest mm-hmm. well like you said if they get more energy maybe it allows manifestation to be more clearer mm-hmm. or like you said more solid and yeah maybe there's so much energy in this place in the the land in the hospital that they're able to fully form right and be fully formed human-esque things yeah exactly All right, Adam, let's take a minute and talk about tonight's sponsor, 
care of. All right, so if you haven't heard of care of, care of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. You know, care of can help you track how you're feeling, notice the results, and adjust your routine as needed. And for extra support and guidance, Care-of's app makes sticking to your routine easier than ever. That's awesome. Yeah, and all you have to do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care-of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. It's that easy. And it really is that easy. I take the quiz every few months because you and I have been taking Care-of for a few years now. And I'll, I'll take the quiz again every six months or so as my goals change, as, as I decide I, I, I want to try something else or do something else. And I recently took it, and they suggested Rhodiola Omega-3 and the Focus Blend. Because here lately, I've been real big on nootropics and mm-hmm. my you know keeping my brain healthy so that I don't forget stuff. I can focus and... You know, when we're doing research and and really diving down into something or I'm in the middle of editing something, I don't want to get distracted. So I'm all about that focus and the nootropics and stuff. And they have a focus blend that helps you do just that. And the cool thing is they also make taking your vitamins on the go so convenient because they have these individual daily packs and they're perfect for a busy routine. All you got to do is throw a few of them in your purse, your gym bag, your your truck, whatever, and you can take them. Oh, I forgot to take them before I left the house. Oh, hey, I got a pack right here in my truck, in my purse, whatever. Take it. You just rip it open. Everything's right there in that pack. So if you're interested in getting care of vitamins and joining Matt and I in a healthier lifestyle, then you can get 50% off your first care of order. All you've got to do is go to takecareof.com and enter our promo code GRAVE50. That's G-R-A-V-E-5-0. Yeah, that's right. If you want to quit standing in that vitamin line, staring at the wall, wondering what you need to take, go to takecareof.com and enter our code GRAVE50 for 50% off your first order. So Devin goes on to say that the sounds of footsteps is has become a regular event, and it's the most common occurrence there in the hospital. She says sometimes they even sound as if they're running, much like the staff would do when calling a code. She says, so you hear these fast footsteps like, these nurses are still on the floor working. Mm-hmm. She has also seen several shadow figures moving about and has seen an apparition of a nurse in the cardiac ward. Okay. Huh. So here's another story of, of a apparition of a nurse. Um, and we, we had the, the story about the, the nurse in the seventies named Joanna yeah. that died from a heart attack, you know? So, is this the same spirit or, you know, we got multiple nurses. There's more than one nurse in a hospital and we yeah. got a, a whole crew of them. But Devin says the wildest experience she, uh, she's had occurred in the area of the hospital that is called B2. And it is the oldest area of the hospital that's open. 
Devin says one night after an overnight paranormal investigation, they were making rounds to check on everything. While walking from B2 to B3, they saw a shadow in a doorway on their left. And she says as soon as they saw it, the shadow sucked back into the room with a very unnatural movement. She said it was like somebody was standing behind it with a vacuum cleaner and just sucked it back up. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So she said it was it was the combination of the shadow and that odd, unnatural movement that really scared her. Then she said she was like, uh, we're we're good. This hallway's good, right? Mm. Everything's good down here. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I'd probably have been the same way. Yeah. yeah that unnatural movement, it makes you wonder what is pulling it back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, is it just we hear that certain spirits are trapped in certain areas. So is that what happens when a spirit tries to wander out of the area that it's trapped in? Maybe. Or is there another entity that was like, I, I, I no, you don't jump and sucked it back Ugh. to it. Maybe now in another, um, in another investigation, uh, I watched uh, from the Paranormal Files, and this is Colin and Jeff, and they went in, and at the beginning of their investigation, they they found it hard to even get their equipment set up. There was so much stuff going on. Hmm. You know, their equipment kept going off while they're setting up. You know, the proximity sensors and and, uh, what are those little things, the red and green the rim pod? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can, if you go to one side, the light will turn green. If you go to the oh. other side, the light will turn red. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what those are called, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're like triangles. Yes, yes. And yeah, they're triangles. Depending on which side you touch, it'll light up a different color. Yeah. So uh, you can essentially use that to try to get a yes no response. Right. Okay. So now that you know what, the, what kind of stuff they're using, it was around 9 p.m. At the very beginning of their night, and the pair were setting up the proximity sensors and filming their intro, but the sensors kept alerting them to the to a presence. It says the guys also have, and this was kind of cool, they have the mechanical movement to a music box attached to a sensor. Oh, yeah. Okay? So that if the sensor was triggered, the music box would begin to play. Well, why? I don't understand that because that would creep me out more than a spirit. <laughs> I would rather yes. hear beeping oh, than all of a sudden. It's like, no. Straight out of a horror movie. I'm telling yes. you. <laughs> yeah. You just get a disembodied music playing and I'm doing this to myself. No. Uh-uh. I'm going to keep it to the beeps and the boops. I don't want random music playing. Make this as creepy as we possibly can. It's like those stupid teddy bears that they have that are supposed to be trigger objects that they've put a rim pod or something into that when oh, yeah. the spirit no, child no. plays with it, it giggles or some <laughs> some crap. Uh-uh. Nope. I, I'm convinced. Ain't having that. All of that, all of that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it's done that for, for the viewers. Absolutely. Sure. Because it'll yeah. it'll make the video so much creepier. If you right. can tolerate 
doing an investigation with that stuff that and it not completely bear. freak you out, yeah, more power to you. I would. Yeah. I'm not carrying a teddy bear in there that's going to go off no. and, and laugh. No, if something gets near it. No, I, <laughs> I I will bring a tennis ball if the child ghost wants to play with something. Or hey, I got flashy lights. Poke my flashy light and it'll make a sound. Mm-hmm. I, just just make it go. Meh. I don't want to hear you, or some disembodied music playing. You go in there with those puck buttons like they use for dogs. You yeah. Know, outside. Treat. Treat. Mm-hmm. You know, mommy. You know. Yep. <laughs> then you really, yep. really have something there. But but anyway, back to this music sent uh, back to this music box thing. Okay, so this thing is attached to this little sensor. And with the sensors triggered, the music box is supposed to play. So while they're filming their intro, the sensor goes off. But instead of music playing, the small winding crank is spinning quickly. And all you can hear is this little fast clicking sound. It's just going click, 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 click. You know, it's spinning around. Yeah, because that's more settling. Oh, yeah, that was that was worse. I mean, yeah. if the music would have been bad enough, but watching this thing just go bananas, I was like, yeah. uh, and I mean, I'm I'm watching this video and I'm going, I've seen so many of these. I've watched so many of these, uh, you know, over the years, but this one was, it was actually giving me cold chills. I was like, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, it wasn't because it was, I was scared of it. I was excited for these guys. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this I, is uh, the stuff like this is what a paranormal investigator's dream is. Yeah. Okay? This is the, the part of the video that I watched. Yeah. And, so yeah. it was, it was, it was fascinating and you could tell how excited these guys were. Um, but, uh, the thing about the music box. Yeah. Too much. And I, I don't, I've never seen these things move that fast. I mean, no. I've seen music boxes. They tend to move like in a very slow pattern mm-hmm. this thing is the little crank is just spinning and it's usually not when to do that when you have paranormal investigators use those things it doesn't even normally play at normal speed it'll go bing ding 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 right ding it doesn't it, it's not normal speed and it's not yeah yeah so that that's weird but again that super slow also freaky oh yeah Yep. <laughs> so, so just leave the music box out of it. <laughs> That's right. For everybody's sake, use the the fancy stuff that they give you, <laughs> or get one of those. Like I want to get one of those things that it's a little fan in a vacuum, and when an electrical charge gets near it, it will spin. Or like you can put a flashlight on it, and because it's in a vacuum, the photons of light will spin it. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. One of those, because it's in a vacuum tube, spirits can move it around by using their energy to push it. Yeah. Guess what? It's silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I just look at it. I don't have to be creeped out by a music box or a giggling bear. Yeah, especially while you're alone in a, a oh, old yeah. abandoned hospital. But uh, later in the investigation, Colin went up to the third floor. And he had some very interesting interactions. Now he was using Spirit Talker, which is which is an app, and you know we talked about the the app 
spirit box things before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it really all it's doing it's doing the same thing that a traditional spirit box would do. You know, it's just it's it's given that that scan. You just don't hear the scan, but it's right. it's given it, it's given a spirit the um the, the like way an, to manifest a voice. Kind of like an ovulus. Yeah. Because the ovulus is the thing that does that and then speaks a word. Right. Yeah. So Um, it works. Yeah. You're right. It works like that. Yeah. The spirit box is, you know, scans the frequencies and you pick it up through the, like Nicole talked about, Mm -hmm. where it it pulls from the AM or FM. But yeah, the reason, Matt, that I haven't tried this is because it costs money. No. Yeah. It costs money. So maybe it's more legit. Maybe. Than some of these free ones, but in a way, I want to test it out. Yeah, I and do just too. see, just see, so that we can tell the graveyard if it if we find it legit or not. But but I've I've got to say I've I've seen it in multiple in uh, investigations by mm-hmm. essentially amateur investigators. Yeah. Um. So I mean. I, I don't know, but I'm with you. I'd like to give it a try and see see what my experience would be. But anyway, so he's using that. He's got proximity sensors around, and he's got those red and green triangle lights that I mentioned earlier for a yes, mm-hmm. no question. So he started asking questions. Now, after hearing a distinct knock from down the hall, Colin asked where the spirit was, and the spirit talker quickly responded, Hall. So Colin tells the spirit that it can answer yes or no questions by moving alongside this, the red and green lighted triangle device, turning it red for no and green for yes. And after asking you are in the hall, is that what you're telling me? The spirit talker spoke the words don't tell. And the green light lit up for yes on his device. I mean, this is within seconds. Yeah, Th- these things happen. So it was obviously a response, and and understand the spirit talker is not just going off incessantly, right? Right. I mean, you know, it it's going off in in intervals, but typically in response to something he has done or said. Yeah, it seems like intelligent responses. Yes. Now, over the next few minutes. Colin received multiple responses to questions, including responding with a green light to answer yes when asked if the spirit was a nurse. Now, no response to the question, are you a patient? But the proximity sensors went off and the spirit talker responded, please leave here. So I I, I put this in here to remind myself. I, I honestly cannot do this part of the video justice by explaining it. Okay. I mean, again, I told you, it gave me chills. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, like I said, out of excitement. But go and watch this video. It, it is long. I think the, the entire video is about two hours long. Um, but, you know, it, it, it moves quickly because there, there's so much. I mean, they don't, they don't have a lot of fluff in there. Yep. Okay, and and you get to see the part of the tour, um, which they don't normally don't let you film. So, you know, I think it's it's probably one of the better ones to go watch. It is a good video. Yeah. Um, 
and and you know, I, like I said, I watch a lot of these, and mm, and yeah, this is this was really good. So, um, what really got me though at this part of the video was Colin asks if the spirit can tell him its name, and he barely finishes the question when the name Jason is spoken from the spirit talker. Now he is super excited at this point. I mean, he's gotten a name. So Colin says, so Jason, you're a male nurse that's up here. Is that right? And he gets an immediate response from the spirit talker of right. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's that fast. Now, the conversation continues and gets more interesting, but we're going to post the link uh, to the Paranormal Files investigation. Um because I, I really, they did such a good job. I don't want to spoil Colin and Jeff's video. Um, but that that was just enough to kind of whet your appetite and understand how active this hospital is. Yep. Okay, You can find it down on the bottom of the show notes. Yep. Now, a couple of takeaways from the different investigations that I watched. Um, the word tunnel occur, occurs in multiple investigations from the spirit talker okay um never saw anything that actually got into it didn't hear anything about the tunnel in the history i you know i could have missed it but i think if there was a tunnel under that hospital somewhere uh that would be at the forefront of what i'm going to talk about you know i'm going to talk about finding a way to get myself down there to investigate Mm -hmm. and i never saw that um, but it does, the word does come up in several of diff, different investigations by different investigators. So it makes me wonder, um, just to hop in, it makes me wonder if, if there is one and they just haven't found it yet because dudes only owned it for a little over a year. Right. So maybe there is one that he doesn't know about. Yeah. And eventually he'll find it. Or they're talking about some spirit tunnel that travels between locations in Harriman. Since there are other haunted places, maybe they're, maybe the hospital is part of the tunnel or one of the ends of the tunnel. Yeah. I didn't consider and they that travel from one building to another that way. Yeah. I didn't consider that. That's, I like that idea. Um, Cause if it wasn't, if it's not a physical tunnel, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The other thing is a little antidote. Um, <laughs> they have mannequins dressed as nurses. That's horrible. Okay. Now they're not, horrible idea. they're not stuck down at the end of hallways to try to scare you. Um, they're like behind the nurse's station or in a patient bed. Okay. Um, still, they're just kind of there. Well, <laughs> I was watching this one guy's investigation and he's by himself. You know, props to this dude. I mean, he's mm-hmm. in there solo. And, but it's dark and he's got his light on his camera and he turns a corner and you catch the back of one of these mannequins wearing scrubs. It's got a wig on and a stethoscope around its neck. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'd have done the same thing. I would have mm-hmm. done the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. You know, even if you know that it's there, you know, you catch it and you're like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, but one That's of the. That's why I say it's a bad idea. 
one of the cool things I thought about the old Harriman Hospital was uh, that it, it's been a hospital so recently that there are employees of the old hospital still around. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody's not dead because they were. I started working the. 1925, you know, Mm -hmm. we got people that was like, yeah, I was here when it closed and, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, And that's the case with uh, one Melanie Pelfrey, who is a former hospital employee. And she actually gives the tours on, uh, on a couple of the videos. Um, She was there when the hospital did shut down in 2013. And she tells a story of being in a secured unit on the first floor that required a key for entry or to be buzzed in by someone on the inside. So if you've ever gone to visit somebody in like the ICU or that's in surgical recovery, those doors, you can't get to open from Mm -hmm. the outside. Someone on the inside has to buzz you in. Right. Or an employee has to use a badge or, or a key to, to, to be able to access. Now, the thing about this particular unit is the elevator was secured as well, and mm. it required a physical key to operate. Um, mm. I remember this. This was how uh, this was how my dorm room, what my dorm was when uh, I was in school in Memphis. Um, you had you had administration floors on like the first three or four floors. And then the, from five up, it was resident residential halls. So you could access up through the fourth floor without a key. But if you were from the outside and you wanted to go any higher than that, you had to have a key. And I mean, it was a physical key. You turned it, put it into a lock, turned it, and then that unlocked the buttons. And then you took it out. Hmm. Um, that's how this elevator supposedly worked. And so Melanie says her and another employee were on the unit after it had closed when they heard the elevator moving down, the elevator got to the first floor, the doors opened and no one was there. So if no one was there to use the key, how did it get down there? Right. Right. You know? And and that this was like right as it was closed. Melanie says that this unit had been, you know, it was completely empty. You know, no patients, no employees. They were just down there doing some final stuff, and that's what happened. So it it shouldn't have been so old that it had a glitch, right? You know, people say, "Well, it was glitchy." Well, no, it just closed. It shouldn't have been glitchy. That's right. It was a modern elevator that was probably in use a week before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it shouldn't have been able to move on its own. Not if it required a key. Now, during an investigation by the group Paranormal Quest and Spirit Stalkers, Rhonda, another worker and guide at the hospital, explained that the ghosts of children are often heard and seen in the old pediatric unit. Ugh. She even reports having seen the apparition of a young girl in a hospital gown. She also says that one night while doing post-investigation rounds, she and Devin, who I mentioned earlier, noticed that several cabinets were wide open, but they had been closed when the pair passed them just minutes before. Hmm. And Rhonda said they had heard these cabinets slam many times. 
but had never actually caught them open. That's so, wild. Yeah. So that was that was another um, you know, really kind of creepy event. And you know, it's kind of hard. You know, your job is to go in in the early morning hours after someone's had an all night paranormal investigation, poking and prodding and trying to get these spirits to respond. Then they leave and it's your job to go meandering through that hospital after everything's gotten all fired up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no. Um, right. And of course, it was during these rounds when when Devin says she saw that shadow get sucked back into a room. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, that's like going, yeah, stoke that fire up real good before I try to walk over it in my bare feet. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, just a ton of stuff. And I, and I, I purposefully didn't share everything, uh, out of respect to some of these guys, these investigators, because they, they all appeared to be somewhat, you know, semi pro amateur investigators, um, you know, I, I go watch their videos. I mean, they these are really good. These are these are better than some of the professional ones I've watched. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but because these people are authentic, you know. Well, yeah, and like you and I were talking that the part of that video that I watched was one of the best call and responses that I've seen. Oh, absolutely! It is better than than most anything I've seen on TV now. Yeah, and. It was good. It was genuine. You could tell he didn't have a production crew with him that was trying to amp things up. I hate background music in a and background noises mm-hmm. or effect in a ghost hunt. Yeah, because you're trying to hear what they're saying, but in the background you've got boo doo boo wee. I know it <laughs> for like effect, and you're like, I can't hear, but this dude genuine you could hear the noises he repeated them so you could catch it it was good yeah it was well done yeah very well done now just to wrap things up i i told you i'd tell you a little bit about how this works now the the old harriman hosp, uh, hospital was purchased in 2022 by the same people that saved the old south pittsburgh hospital in south pittsburgh tennessee Mm-hmm. So we, like I said, we talked about that one early on in Graveyard Tale days, um, and, uh, and and it's a very it's a very popular spot. Uh, I know we've got we've got members of the graveyard that have been there, done investigations there. Um, so you know they they really took it and tried to preserve it for the sake of these these paranormal investigators to come in and you know gather some evidence, work on their equipment, um, you know, eventually, you know, cut their, cut their teeth on, uh, right. on, on an environment that is safe, you know, that you're not going to go walking through somewhere and fall through the floor, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, as a possibility in some of these other older places that, you know, don't really have caretakers that are making sure that the building is structurally sound. Um, You're not going to get jumped by homeless people. That's right. You know, it's secure. Um, so there's nobody in there camping out that you're going to accidentally walk up on. So, you know, th- that's what these places are for. I think it's fabulous. I-, I think it is just, 
it's one of the best things for the paranormal community to have people out there that want to preserve these historic haunted locations and, and allow people to come in and experience this. Okay. Um, and, and of course, as we said at the top, this has really been a, been a boon to the, uh, Roan County, uh, uh, tourism and income um, because it's bringing people into the into the town it's bringing some dollars into the town um as adam mentioned you know they, they're talking about you know they've done hollywood shows uh filmed at that location they've had daytime and nighttime investigations they have community events events there um but here's, here's a few interesting things about if you're going to go there um the old Harriman hospital does not allow edited video footage of its facility. Right. So if you come in and film and you're going to publish it, you have to publish what you film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, you can't chop it all down. You can't run pieces together to make it look better than it really was. They require that if you're going to post this video, you got to post what you got. Okay. Which is going to keep some professional TV hosts certainly out of that place. Certainly it will. Because they won't be able to, f- to fake anything. Yeah. I also found it interesting that uh, in the rules, it says there are absolutely no Ouija boards, no saging, no crossing over, no seances, or provocation is permitted in or on the grounds of the building. You know, I like these people more and more. I know. <laughs> Because like, this is this, it sounds silly when you read it, but then when you consider what people are going in there to do, you're like, this is brilliant. This yeah. is brilliant. Because you've always got these people that go in and go, well, I'm I go in and I cross over all the spirits in a building, and uh, you know, I saw some woman that said she shoots balls of energy out of her fingers at spirits to send them over to the other side and that she'll go pew and cross them over. And she literally makes the sound. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, first of all, that that's, that, that's given a bad name to sensitives, psychics, whatever. Right. Secondly, why do you always go in with the thought that you're going to clean up this place and cross everything over? I know. You know, maybe they want to be here. If they don't, there's just some things in nature that we don't need to mess with. Right. Yeah. They're there for a reason. I always feel weird about people that try to speak on this stuff with some level of authority. um, Because I'm like, none of us are authorities. You know, not on this. We're, no. we're just investigating and looking and experiencing. We're, we're mm-hmm. not authorities. We don't know. I mean, right. it's just the facts. We don't know. And what we think we know, we've collected from being open minded and actually investigating and experiencing this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so just let it happen. You know, right. you know, I'd say that that's where the the provocation isn't allowed. You know, don't go in there and be disrespectful and hateful, trying to rouse somebody up. You know, to yep. try to get a response. You know, that I, that's no good either. I said it recently. I do not like provocation when it comes to spirits. Yeah, it, it it's disrespectful if they're 
human spirits. You know, I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it's all human spirits, right. but if they are human spirits, why are you bowing up on spirits and trying to fight them? Yeah. You really, yeah. you, you want to fight an ethereal be Okay. And you're going to cross it over. What power do you have to cross over something that we don't understand? Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the no editing of video. I love that. Yeah. Because yeah. if nothing happens, then you either have to post that nothing happens or you can't post it. Right. You know, you can't, you can't edit it and add in sounds, which I'm convinced TV shows tend to do. Oh yeah. Some don't, I, I, you know, some don't, but I think a lot do. Well, yeah. And I I think a lot of them just takes the, well, they're really good at making mountains out of molehills. Yeah, you know, something true. something very small becomes something very huge quickly in that environment um, because it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always thought, just take it for what it is. You know, if you hear this faint knocking and nobody's down there, okay, that's good enough. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be the pounding, uh, you know, of somebody trapped on the other side of a wall. It doesn't have to be that. You know, well, if, if you hear it, you hear it and that, just let it go. And mountains on a molehills, you also don't need to provoke, hear a slight knock a from the other room and then start screaming and cussing and running <laughs> yeah. into each other and trying to split. I, it, it was a knock. Yeah. You know, now if something comes up to me and slaps me in the face, pushes me, or I see something crazy, I might move. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably going to go somewhere else and collect myself, Yeah, but I'm not going to. <laughs> You know, bow up on something, and then when it knocks at me, go, holy, beep, 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 running into each other, pushing to get out of the way, you know? Because if if you really believe in this stuff, you you believe that not all those spirits are human, and what are you bowing up against? You know, Mm -hmm. something that's got to be way more powerful than you. Um, So just let it be experience it and move on and of course no saging you know don't come in and cleanse my haunted location um right and of course yeah that no that no would Ouija be, boards that would be messed up yeah. you got <laughs> you got a haunted location and you're doing it so that paranormal investigators can come and investigate and sure yeah so you can make some money to pay back what you spent to buy this place yeah and some jack wagon comes in there with sage and palo santo and just runs them all out. And you're, you <laughs> son of a, know it was my livelihood. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated Frank in the, in, in a two, he was a buddy of mine. You just ran him yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, no, like I said, no Ouija boards. Cause you know, yeah. Hey, we got enough activity here. Please don't be opening any portals to bring extra stuff in here. Right. You know, don't open a door that you don't know how to close. <laughs> and then that's right. But you know what? What do you guys think? I mean, we we've given you a lot of the evidence that's out there. Um, there is quite a bit more. Um, so go check it out. If if the old Harriman Hospital interests you, definitely look into it further because you're going to find that there's a lot more that Adam and I just could not cover in in this show. Right. Um, but what do you think? I mean, I, you know, if we've got listeners that have been to the old Harriman Hospital, um, Nicole uh, Nicole Tito, who we interviewed. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, she's done an investigation there. Um, 
you know, she suggested she, we look into. That's exactly this, so. right. She was she was who gave us the idea to look into this. Um, I'm I'm sure we've got others that have at least been around it or from that area in Tennessee that know know some other stories. Let us know. We we want to hear those stories, and the best place to share that is in our Facebook group. Just go on Facebook, search the graveyard. You will find our group. Thousands of members in there. It's extraordinarily active. It is a safe place to come in and share your personal experiences, and you don't have to worry about being ridiculed or picked on or called a nut job, none of that stuff. It doesn't happen. We all just want to hear really cool stories. Um, when you're done there, you can go to our website. That's graveyardpodcast.com, and there you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can you can become a patron, and we thank everyone who has donated to the the work that Adam and I do. So, man, this was a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Nicole, for for recommending this. I'm I'm surprised that I haven't heard of this place, but it, you know the fact that it it really only picked up in 2020 or 2022. Yep. Um, it's new. It's new. I, I you know it it's gotten by me, but but very very cool. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.